Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 33rd episode of 2021. Yesterday, in a 220 to 212 party line vote, the House passed a $3.5 trillion budget resolution and advanced a $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. Yesterday's vote puts the Senate passed infrastructure plan, which includes $65 billion for broadband infrastructure, on a path to final passage in the House with a non-binding commitment to vote on the infrastructure bill by September 27th. I hope you joined us last week for our special broadband infrastructure webinar where the Fiber Broadband Association's policy experts provided their insights on this legislation and laid out the next steps once this bill's enacted into law. If you missed it, you can go to the Fiber Broadband Association's website and under events and find the replay. Speaking of broadband investment, Today, we have a very special session planned to discuss tribal broadband. This is a very important talk, topic as we work towards digital equity. And again, good morning and welcome, everybody. I'm Gary Bolton, the president and CEO of the Fiber Broadband Association. Last week, we met with Wall Street analyst Jonathan Chaplin to discuss the significant and growing investment in fiber and how operators are driving material valuation growth by upgrading copper to fiber. This morning, we have Bobby Gonzalez, the Principal Executive Officer, Chairman of the Cato Nations of Oklahoma, and the Chairman and Board of Directors of the Cato Communications Enterprises. And he'll be sharing information uh, related to the federally recognized tribes and the push related to broadband in Indian country under the American Rescue Plan Act. This act provides investment into the infrastructure and broadband to provide access to high quality broadband service in Indian country uh, to the millions and is up to one source of funding that includes um, a billion dollars. The, the private sector and the tribal world related to fiber optics could be a significant breakout in the fiber industry related to tribes across the country. There are currently 574 federally recognized tribes in the United States. Approximately 56 million acres of land are held in trust by the United States for Native American Indian tribes and tribal members. Native American Indian lands are estimated to include, I'm sorry, got tripped on my phone. Um, Native are, are include about 30% of the nation's coal reserves and have as much as 50% of the potential re uranium reserves and up to 20% of the known natural gas and oil reserves. These lands are also contain rare earth minerals and are increasingly sought after for manufacture. So Chairman Bobby Gonzalez of the Cato Nation of Oklahoma is a veteran in tribal industry and government to government relations. He's the chairman of the board of directors of the Cato Communication Enterprise. And in his previous roles for the Cato Nation, he was the Native American Graves Protection and Reparation Act coordinator for 16 years. So welcome, Bobby. It's great to have you here today. Thank you. Uh, for our audience, you know, please type in your questions as you go and we'll get into Q&A at the, at the end. So with that, over to you, Bobby. 
Well, yeah. Well, thank you, Gary. You know, it's, um, I'm really excited to, you know, to, to come on air. Uh, you know, I, I really don't do this a whole lot other than when it's very important, you know, and I see a need that, uh, uh, you know, it needs to happen. Really want to, you know, visit with uh, everyone online this morning to really talk about, you know, just a little bit about who I am and, and, and what I do. Uh, I'm an elected member of a sovereign nation. Uh, we are a nation within a nation. Uh, we have a constitution. We have bylaws that govern our uh, sovereignty as a federally recognized tribe. Uh, we uh, dealt with the French when the French came here in the 1600s, uh, the Spanish, and, uh, you know, we, we've been here from time immemorial. We are originally from northwest Louisiana, all of southwest Arkansas, all of eastern Oklahoma, and all of east Texas. Texas is a Caddo name. Uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, the Spaniards couldn't pronounce Tasha. It means friend. When they came into East Texas, when they landed uh, here on this continent, they couldn't say Tasha. So eventually it became Tasha, and eventually it became Texas. So Texas is an Indian word meaning friendship. It comes from from my tribe, the Caddo Nation. Uh, so uh, we we have about. Uh, a little almost 6,000 members we probably lost around 987 uh, you know during this pandemic uh, not all those from the pandemic uh, however there was you know people that have lost their lives I hope that all the families that are listening today and all your loved ones are, are doing okay uh, it's, a, it's a real need in, in Indian country when you're an elected leader and you have uh, members that depend on you uh, to provide uh, programs and services uh, uh, for for them and their families. So we're we're around you know 5,834 uh, members to debt today, and we're across the United States and uh, basically around the world. We don't and, and we're in Oklahoma, so we don't have a a reservation. We have a tribal jurisdiction and we're checkerboarded, meaning that, uh, you know, some lands are held in trust for the benefit of a tribal member uh, in trust by the U.S. government. Some is, you know, fee, simple land. So it's checker checkerboarded because of the, uh, you know, we, we adopted a constitution and the Jerome Act uh, and allotments. So just to let everyone know, there's 39 tribes in the state of Oklahoma out of that 574 tribes across the United States. And so I am only one tribal leader out of uh, 574 across the US that are federally recognized and that have a constitution, a way that they govern. Some tribes have a way that they govern traditionally. Some uh, formed a constitution or, or work under a resolution. If you met one tribe, you only met one tribe. Uh, we're all different. We have our language, our culture, our traditions. Uh, you know, we're, we're still intact here in the U.S. So I really wanted to talk to you, you know, today about uh, tribal broadband uh, and the strategies for developing and coordinating, uh, you know, that effort in, within the industry and bridging the two. Uh, I, I believe that there's a, you know, of course, there's a pendulum shift in, in, in the world of fiber in the world of uh, connecting, uh, you know, with rural areas, especially, you know, where you have tribal members all the way from Arizona, 
in New Mexico to Oklahoma to the East Coast, West, South, and where, where you know, they're underserved uh, in communities uh, that didn't have the, the, con the a way to connect and a way to plug in. So we have a couple of slides and, uh, uh, you know, if you see the first slide uh, that we have, you know, is a coordination between the broadband industry and tribal governments is, is uh, could be, it, it's, it's huge. It's, I, I don't know how to put it. Uh, in, uh, other than the fact that tribal enterprises, you know, they will aim at eliminating, at eliminating connecting gap that we have, right? We, we need to plug in. And the reason we need to plug in is because there's a need in Indian country. And it's across the United States and Indian country that you have this enormous push. Uh, and so just want to, you know, visit with you a little bit about that. But if you can take it, you know, show the next slide. I think we have a couple of slides here. The kind of an example that I wanted to use was the national push within Indian country. Uh, it didn't start yesterday. It started decades ago. As, as we you know, educate ourselves and we grow in this industry, there are people left behind and we don't wanna leave people behind. And so the national push in Indian country is being pushed by the US Federal Communications Commission. It's being pushed by the U.S. Department of Commerce, the U.S. Department of Ag, U.S. Department of Education, Bureau of Indian Education, the White House Council on Native American Affairs, uh, the American Rescue Plan is just one example where there's dollars attached to uh, connecting rural areas where tribal people didn't have that opportunity. And then you have the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the Department of Interior, the Department of Energy. You have all these sources that are coming together that are trying to fix an enormous problem. The underserved folks that live here that are indigenous to this land, uh, like your neighbors that you may, you know, go down the street, you may know a tribe, uh, you may know that, you know, maybe they, uh, you, you think that they would have a way to connect. Unfortunately, that, that that's not true. Uh, we have, you know, less than, I believe it was last year, less than 68% uh, you know, uh, of tribal people across the country had access to internet. And, you know, we think, well, how can that happen in today's day and age? Uh, if you go out to the Navajo Nation or some of the Pueblos, you know, they still, you know, don't have running water. Uh, some still don't have electricity. So uh, as an example, you know, uh, the American Rescue Plan program administered by the U.S. Department of Treasury, you know, there's $10 million related to territories, tribal governments, and states. That's capital uh, projects directly uh, allowing uh, tribes uh, to, to, to work at fixing uh, that connection gap. And, and the reason we wanna do that, and the reason we're doing it, and the reason I'm on air, is because it's not just about me, it's about all of us. And it's about Indian country. Uh, one of the things that we faced as a tribe when COVID hit, was the fact that we didn't have telehealth. Uh, people didn't have internet. People didn't have access to what's going on related to COVID-19, the education need, uh, having laptops, being able to do work at home, education, you, you name all that. It was just a complete disaster. And, and it, especially in Indian country. And our people are falling behind, uh, you know, in all facets, whether it's, you know, uh, careers, work, education, health monitoring, 
uh, remoting from home, doing the work you need to do from home because of the, the COVID pandemic. But I do want to let you know that the U.S. Treasury Department, you know, has allowed tribes to gain this, this, these dollars, it's taxpayer money. And a part of that use is broadband. And overall, there's 10 billion, you know, for states, territories, and tribal governments. The tribal carve out was over a hundred million. It was a split, it was an equal share that went to uh, basically tribal shares, tribal governments, and uh, they have the resources. The problem is, even though we talk about broadband and the ARPA regulations and the ARPA Act, how do you put broadband in? How do you build the network? How do you contract? What uh, partners do you need? How do you look for a principal engineer? All the stuff that you would, you know, you, you have to have in, in building a network, building a business, that's what the tribes are faced with. And there's a real disconnect. And I'm just really thankful to go to uh, uh, the, you know, the conference in, in uh, Nashville, uh, it really opened my eyes, got to meet some great folks and, um, you know, thank you, Gary, for allowing me to come on. I think that this allows the flexibility, of the critical need of not only our community, but other communities in the tribal world, in Indian country, as well as the industry and bridging those gaps in that divide so that we can have the resources and the capital that we need to have in people as well as product as well as you know, jointly working together, educating each other, plugging in. And so, uh, you know, healthcare is real, is, is real telehealth today. You know, we have people that are suffering all over the country. Uh, I don't know if most of you know this, but here's a map of Indian country. If you look at the map, I, I brought this map up because this is Indian lands uh, of federally recognized tribes across the country. Now, again, if you met one tribe, you met one tribe. You're going to see regions like the Southern Plains region or the mountain region. Those are broke up by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. I just wanted to put that in, in, in perspective so you kind of know that the Bureau of Indian Affairs through the Department of Interior recognizes in the government and Congress and the White House, there's a trust responsibility to tribes, that these tribes live in these areas in these regions are, are noted by the federal government through the Bureau of Indian Affairs, Department of Interior. 574 tribes and reservations and checkerboard land across the country. And so when you look at this map, just realize that out of 2.1 million Native Americans, less than 1% of the population here in the United States is Native American. So we have about 1. about 2.2 million people that are enrolled with federally recognized tribes across the country. That's not counting state tribes, but we're just talking about federally recognized tribes. When at the at the height of COVID, there was one ventilator to serve 2.1 million Native Americans within the Indian healthcare system. Most families and Indian families have multiple families living in one household. They don't have internet. They don't have healthcare. Telehealth is something that's formed. Sometimes even getting to a computer to plug into the internet, you have to drive somewhere. You have to, maybe you don't have a car. And, and, and so there's all these issues in, in Indian country that we have, but, I, but if you really think about it, 2.1 million people having one ventilator during the height of COVID, how does that happen? And so there's all these things that are tied to COVID. 
and we'll get to that here in a little bit related to the ARPA regulations and what what one example we want to give. But the uh, here here's a here's a, a good example. The the Department of Commerce uh, has a huge push, uh, and they consolidated with the Appropriations Act of 2021, and they provide a source of tribal broadband funding to assist in mitigating the efforts related to the COVID pandemic. And you know the the the, the, the uh, digital divide across Indian country. It's it's it, it, you know one you have to have you have to have you have to have the funding, you have to have the push. It's being pushed politically from all these different facets. We just heard, heard Gary talk about the infrastructure bill. Believe me, there's language in the infrastructure bill, and there are leaders across the country pushing the infrastructure bill because they understand what it means in Indian country as well. So there's grants available. There's Department of Commerce. There's all these. It, it's just un, it's just unreal. And uh, I think when I went to the fiber conference, I didn't see any hardly any Native Americans. And so uh, I'm I'm really glad to be here to let everyone know that this is real, and this is happening now. And every day something else happens in fiber and and broadband in Indian country. In tribal broadband, you know, even if you look at that slide, uh, you know, a billion dollars, you, you know, for funding, and and that billion dollars is is up for grabs. It's up for grabs for the entities that come together. And you have to have a tribe. You have to be able to, you know, partner. You have to be able to own it, operate it. Uh, you can partner. You can you can do all these different things that you wouldn't believe because a tribe is a nation within a nation that has sovereign that has sovereignty and they have sovereign immunity as well uh, they can do certain things a state or anyone else can't do so there's a there's that trust responsibility uh, you know with uh, with the United States but if we're talking about you know funding and broadband and in this industry and developing and supporting and establishing those networks for under the underserved in Indian country uh, this billion dollars is there, you know, uh, tribes are looking for help from the industry. Industry, you know, I would reach out best way that you can to start understanding how tribes function here in the United States. Now, I know I went through these slides because I know there's probably some questions, but how, but how does how does this work? How to how to work with tribes? You know, this is a this is a million dollar question. Unfortunately, in, in the United States for over 500 years, U.S. government is trying is trying to figure out how to work with tribes uh, for a long time. The French, the Dutch, the Spaniards, uh, tribes aren't going anywhere. They are here to stay. They are a part of these communities, and uh, they provide an economic worth to these communities. Uh, I will give you an example. There's one tribe here in Oklahoma that provides over $21 billion in revenue a year. Uh, just f with all the enterprises that they own and all the you know the economic stuff that they have going on, but at the very hindsight, you have a next, next tribe over you know that uh, is is just uh, maybe financially hurting or doesn't have the resources. So if you met one tribe again, you met one tribe. It, it's very difficult for uh, the industry. Maybe if you don't ever if you never met with a tribe. Uh, you know, you really want to start thinking about a strategy, how you can introduce yourself 
your company, what you do to a tribe, tribal leaders, and you want to understand that tribe. You really want to understand that uh, they've been sowed the best, uh, you know, thing since pudding, pudding pie. Uh, you know, there's always somebody coming to a tribe saying we have the best deal for you. Uh, you know, let's sign this memorandum of agreement or let's, you know, be partners. Uh, tribes have been dealing with that uh, from day one. They, they can see it a mile coming. And again, tribes are all different. Uh, you know, it, it, it takes tribes to work with tribes. Uh, you know, your word is everything. It's a little bit different culture in corporate culture and your fiber culture is different than Indian culture and Indian way of doing things. They wanna to get to know you. They wanna establish a relationship. They wanna break bread with you. They may even tease you. It's a part of our humor. Uh, you know, it's a test. Uh, and so uh, they may not even shake your hand. That's a sign of respect in our culture. They may not even look at you eye to eye in a non-traditional culture that's that it's not our culture uh people like, well, you, you, you didn't even look in my eye you didn't even shake my hand well traditionally some of us don't do that because if we're looking down we're showing you respect because we're listening to you and the reason we shake your hand is because we have respect for you and and we're listening to wholeheartedly everything that you had to say so <clears throat> we are in oklahoma uh you know, Caddo Communication Enterprises, if there's anyone that needs help in understanding tribes, uh, you know, please look us up. I really wanted to just come on uh, today and, and talk to you about there is a divide and it's enormous and it's being pushed at the highest levels that you could possibly think of here in the United States. And it's not gonna, it's not gonna stop. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning related to the technology and where we're headed in the future and tribes are gonna catch up and we're behind right now, but this is a marriage that's not gonna go away. This is something that's gonna skyrocket this industry in tribes for, for the next hundred years. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And I hope you reach out to uh, understanding tribes maybe in your community. Bobby, thanks so much for sharing that and you know, it's as we look to um, you know, have digital equity across the nation, you know, the tribal areas are so critical. When I talk to operators, you know, they're like, hey, help me with the next great opportunity. And I say, well, you know, California has so much money for tribes and we've got, you know, a billion dollars in the table and we're gonna get more money from um, the infrastructure plan. Um, it's hard to get them excited because they say, well, the, the problem with tribal lands is the density. You know they have they have a low propensity to spend and a very low density. Are you do you see that? What's your what's your density look like? I mean, how many members per mile? You know, is it do you are you guys covered or what's your kind of connectivity in your tribe? Well, the interesting thing about that, you would think that, but then again, people that are asking those questions don't understand uh, how it works in Indian country. The U.S. government just recognized. Uh, basically our whole county related to a formula uh, related to road improvement dollars that are federal highway funds. Those federal highway funds are provided to us uh, through a contractual agreement through the, with the U.S. government through the Department of Interior, uh, which is the Bureau of Indian Affairs. But those are federal highway dollars. 
we work with the county. We work with the state officials, the county officials, to build bridges and roads that we don't own uh, because it's checker border. Remember, again, here in Oklahoma. Now, reservations are a little different. Uh, however, it can happen on a reservation. It, it, it could be huge. I mean, if you look at the Navajo Nation or the Pueblos, a vast amount of land. And so you just have to work through the NEPA or the permitting process. Then in our case here in Oklahoma, when you have the U.S. government that recognizes an inventory of roads and you're partnering with the county to develop those bridges and roads related to those rural routes and those school, those school routes, we're helping the community. At the same time, those initiatives to help us and put our broadband in the ground is a push as well. And so it's a partnership. And a partnership is, you know, you put it in the air, you put it in the ground. The other example is that you have tribal individuals uh, and tribal governments that are part of not only the, the infrastructure and highways and transportation in that world, and that world is huge in itself, in the air. You may not think about it, but all the electric grid that we have crosses reservations and it crosses uh, tribal lands and fee, fee and trust lands and you know, fee simple. What, what, what does that mean? Well, as an individual, as a tribe, uh, guess what? Those leases have to be renewed related to the power grid and put through related to the kilowatts. Well, in those lease agreements, we're looking at saying that, well, we want to have access to those poles as well. If we're going to enter into those lease agreements. We'd like to have access to the poles because this is a major connector and you have to have a resolution from us as a tribe to continue operating those kilowatts and providing that service, just as well as you have counties needing dollars for roads, so there's partnerships. And so when you look at that in its totality, it's 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 huge. It, it's, it's, it's a partnership, it's leveraging uh, dollars. Uh, you may have a county that has, uh, they can do certain things related to planning that you can't, that we can't do, which that's the case or uh, they have relationships with other vendors or suppliers related to gravel or asphalt. And then we have something that they may not have. We have the capital. Now, at the end of the day, you're gonna also need partnerships with hardcore dollars. And the industry related to the fiber industry, it's my hope, I believe this, I believe it's gonna grow, it's gonna continue to grow. I can see a panel you know, of tribal elected leaders talking about this at the next conference or other conferences and how the industry is gonna fix the divide, Gary. It, it, it's, uh, uh, again, one one uh, cookie cutter doesn't fit all, you know, all tribes. It, it, it's it's different. And so- um, Hey, Bobby. Um, let's go just, on a whole bandwagon about that. Let me try to get this question in before we run out of time. Um, so. Are the band, are tribes going to try to coordinate together to scale their fiber builds, or is it going to be um, tribe by tribe? It's going to be tribe by tribe, and it's going to be partnership by partnership. Okay, yes, and then also, um, did you get did the tribal lands get um, were they addressed in RDOF, the FCC's Rural Digital Opportunity Fund? Did you guys get money from that? Well, there's there's FCC has a has a tribal liaison department, and they've been working with tribes for decades. Uh, related to their telecommunications commissions. And so, yes, there's all sorts of programs and opportunity and things there that's going to continue to grow. Okay. And then, um, you know, I had someone here that uh, typed in that they're having a hard time getting the right people in um, Oklahoma. So 
is that they should reach out to you? Yeah, definitely. You can reach out to me. My, you have, you know, my numbers there. Um, any tribe in the country, I'm pretty well, you know, uh, I've been, I've been in Indian country a long time. And so I know tribes all over the country. So, you know, uh, like I said, we have, uh, you know, 39 federally recognized tribes here in the state of Oklahoma. But again, you have tribes all over the continent, all over the United States, you know, including Canada. But just here in the U.S., uh, I would make an attempt to try to everyone get your head head wrapped around this. It's it's huge. Well, Bobby, uh, really appreciate it, and I look forward to you know working with you, Fire Broadband Association, work with you and uh, the tribal communities to try to see if we can make sure we get fiber across all the tribal lands and to you know all the uh, members of your tribes. Um, so really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and insights today. And um, next week. We're going to be moving to discussing the future of precision agriculture with our good friend Chad Roop, who was the uh, USDA's uh, RUS administrator in the last administration. So Chad's going to explain what pre uh, precision agriculture is and what it can do for uh, rural broadband take rates and sustainability. So please join us again next week. We look forward to getting back together next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Thanks, everyone.